Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Mary Dollison, retired teacher and community volunteer. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual lunch and learn. Ooh, what's this one called? This one is called Shining in 2021. Visualize your best self. Shining in 2021. Yep. I want to be vaccinated in 2021. So do I. So do I. All right. When's this going to happen? <laughs> this one will be Thursday, February 18th from 1130 to 1. I have to bring my own lunch. Yeah, because you're going to be at your office or at your house or wherever you are. So you can eat your lunch while you participate in this Lunch and Learn. Just remember to turn off the camera when you're eating your lunch. You can listen and watch the presentation, but we don't need to see the food actually going in your mouth. That is true. And as presenters, sometimes we have to remember this too. Like people turn off their cameras for reasons. Mm-hmm. I've been in some presentations that are like, okay, everybody, we want to see your video. And I'm like, I am shoveling a sandwich into my mouth right now. So I'm not going to turn on my video and you're just going to have to be okay with that. And guess what? Schaefer Leadership is okay with that, whether you want to turn on your camera or not. Now, who's presenting this? This is Tisha Gerhardt and Ailish Wasserman. Awesome. Yes. The power team. The power team. Together, we will discuss how you lead when you are at your personal best while leading others. In this session, you will recognize your personal values along with identifying leadership principles. There are clear, identifiable behaviors and actions that make a difference for every leader. When making extraordinary things happen in organizations, leaders who understand how to engage every moment like their personal best moment will be successful in modeling the way for others. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Mary Dollison, retired teacher and just community volunteer volunteer and awesome person all around. So welcome to the studio. Good to be here. Good. Excellent. Well, tell me about your teaching career. What did you teach? Well, I taught elementary. Uh, I taught for 35 years. I started out at Longfellow and ended up at Morrison Mock. Two years, though, I decided to take a leave of absence from Morrison Mock to work on Motivate Our Minds. And then when I went back, they uh, had cut the classroom. And so I finished my last two years at Garfield, which is no longer there. Well, tell us about the early life. Are you Have you always been from Muncie? No, I am from Louisiana. Oh, okay. I was the first person to come to Louisiana for my family. Um, my grandmother raised me, and she came to Muncie to visit her granddaughter, and she brought me with her. And we were here for two weeks, and I was so excited about being in this big town because we had one stoplight in Louisiana. And uh, I went back to my parents and said, we need to move to that big city. <laughs> the big city of Muncie. Big huh? city of Muncie. And they decided after a couple weeks that they would do it because my father was working with construction, and he wasn't making very much money, and life was 
quite different then. Mm-hmm. So we came to Monsey, and within three months, he had built a little house on Centennial, and that was the beginning of our life in Muncie. About how old were you then? I was 12. 12 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where in Louisiana were you? Did it you was a Tanchaby Hole. It's 96 miles north of New Orleans. Okay. All right. My former husband, my ex-husband, is from, his family is from Louisiana. And I like to say, I don't miss him, but I do <laughs> miss my in-laws and their food. I, right. Oh, I, the food. Oh, I miss it's the awesome. Food. It's so good. <laughs> Give me some crawfish etouffee any day, and I am a happy girl. <laughs> Red beans and rice and mm-hmm. all the other all good things. All that good stuff, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're 12 years old. You're in Muncie. Uh, did you go to Muncie Central? Where did well, you graduate I went, from? I went to uh, McKinley Elementary then. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then McKinley Junior High, and then to Central. Okay. And then I uh, went to Ball State, graduated from Ball State, and then I got my master's from Ball State also. Now tell us about Motivate Our Minds, because you're the founder, right? Am Co-founder. I? Co-founder. Co-founder, okay. Co-founder. I taught school after I graduated, and after I taught, after two years of teaching, I always was concerned about the kids who would get out during the summers and wouldn't read, mm-hmm. and they'd come back and we'd almost have to start all over again. I kept thinking we need to do something to help these children during the summers, so I talked to teachers and I talked to everybody trying to get someone to help me deal with that summer loss. People were saying, you know, that's why teachers love to teach because they need the break. They really do after they've had a whole year. But I finally found a Rishana Shabazz, who was a person in the community. We were in the Neighborhood Association, and we were just walking down Highland Avenue, and we decided, I said, you know, I'm really concerned about kids and blah, blah, blah. She said, I know you are. And I said, but I need somebody to help me start something. She said, something? What do you mean something? I said, well, where are you from? And she told me she was from Boston. And I said, well, I'm not sure what I want to do because I don't have any money and I don't have this and I don't have that. And she said to me, and I'll never forget it, She said, you people in Muncie always say what you don't have. She said, but you do have some things. And I said, well, yeah, some things. She said, you have a large house. Yes. Anyway, we decided that I would start something in my living room. And that's where we started using library books and teaching with um, the black history. That was what kids really needed. And that's what they really enjoyed. I had a daughter who was in middle school and she had three sons. And we brought our two families together and their friends and we started, and we were supposed to have a six-week program, and every summer we were going to do that. But at the end of six weeks, those kids had had a ball. They had <laughs> really enjoyed it, and they said, please, don't. Don't just wait until next summer. Didn't know what to do next, mm-hmm. but I knew that they needed tutoring, so we decided to start a tutoring program, and we left the living room and went to the Bewley Center. There was a recreation center there, and we were able to use that facility, and that's what we did for the first year. So it was a full a year-round program after that. A definitely a needed thing in our community and one that's still still around and right. thriving and it's grown I mean, right. obviously since mm-hmm. in your living room now they've got their own building mm-hmm. and Very all nice kinds of building. different programs that they do there it's really right. it's really neat motivate our mind has been a real catalyst in the community to help change whitely mm-hmm. it has done a lot of things and has been a real factor has a great history. Now talk to me about Whiteley a little bit. It has gone through major transformations over the past 10, 15 years. Tell me a bit about that. Well, um, 
my husband and I, we moved from Muncie uh, when I started teaching. We moved to Yorktown area, and we loved it. We loved the, we were the house. We loved the neighbors and everything else. But we were in a neighborhood association, and they were just not doing anything, but they didn't want us to help. So why should you be interested or trying to change things? So we decided, well, maybe we'd better move back. You know, we were there for several years, but we really didn't get to know the people. So we decided, oh, let's go back to Muncie. And we got involved with our neighborhood association, and we worked untirely to try and change some things in Whiteley. And we worked really with Ball State, and we just developed relationships with almost everybody. And Whiteley had some great times uh, change. And so I'm really proud of what the changes have taken place and continue today. And that is one thing. I see you everywhere at every networking event here in Mm -hmm. Muncie, uh, every awards gala, gala and all that kind of stuff. Tell me about that. What what all are you involved in right now? Well, I'm not as involved as I used to be, but I'm still involved. Uh, I'm involved in um, uh, League of Women Voters. I'm involved in AAUW at Ball State. I'm involved in um, NAACP, Martin Luther King Dream Team, mm-hmm. and Whiteley Neighborhood, of course. Mm-hmm. Very involved in our neighborhood association still. Still, that's a lot to keep you busy. It is, and, and I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, and I'm basically volunteering. I am not in leadership in a lot of those anymore because of my age and, you know, got burned out after a while. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but I love what they do, all of the groups that are involved. And so I'm involved in that. Now, the pandemic happened this past year. How has that affected your lifestyle? And- oh, it has really made a difference in our lifestyle. It has affected my family a lot. We've had three people to die from the oh, really? Sorry uh, to hear virus. That. Yes. I have two adult daughters living and um, they had the virus and their children had the virus um, because working at the hospitals and places like that was really difficult. Mm-hmm. So we've had 13 people in our family to but I am so thankful that we've all survived. Mm-hmm. And we know the importance of those masks. Mm-hmm. And we know the importance of distancing and all of that. And I haven't been able to see my great-grandchildren. And, of course, that hurts. But we Zoom every other Sunday. And that's one way to keep in touch. It has really affected a lot of people in the community. And Cornelius and I continue to work with a lot of the seniors who couldn't get to the pantries or to the store. And so wearing our mask and all of that, he has called and said, you know, checked on the seniors and the people who didn't have transportation. And he would say to them, "Uh, what can I bring to you? And we would just put it on their porches. So that was really a blessing. We worked with um, three homeless families. It's been a real struggle to for some people and those who have been evicted. We've been able to help because of the children. Mm-hmm. That's my goal in life is to help kids. And when I know that there are children involved, I try and help the families. And one family that we worked with um, was from Jamaica. And the mother lost her job on the ship. She was working on the ship and her daughter was here in Selma. And so we became... Um, involved with that and has tried to help her to reconnect or re get back together with her daughter and now that will happen as of tomorrow so i'm really excited about that uh my bucket list after we um stopped all of the volunteering we really wanted to travel and we did a little not much we got to go to italy and a few places but i really wanted to go to africa and I still want to do that. And I also want to go to Jamaica. And we're planning to do that because of working with the families that are reconnected and all that. We're working with them to get um, a GoFundMe going to have a house. So we're excited that to- 
tomorrow we'll be able to get this woman. Her name is Lizzie and her daughter is Eliana. It's very difficult to, for both of them right now because she wants her daughter and she wants to be able to have her and she didn't want her to unless she had a home. So Cornelius and I got together with people in Muncie and we've started a GoFundMe and we're really working on that. We didn't do Christmas at our home or in our family. We all of us gave to that fund and that's why we are able to help them. Awesome. That is a neat neat story. Well, tell us about the vaccine, you know, in your work and in your conversations. Mm -hmm. How's that been? Well, we've heard lots of stories that people will say they don't want to take it and, you know, why, some of the Mm -hmm. reasoning. And we've gotten um, all kinds of things that people have said and stories and we've said, you know, we are going to take it. So we decided, um, they called and asked us if we would take it to promote it in the community. I didn't feel comfortable. We did take the picture and all that, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel comfortable until I'd had the shots. We've had the vaccine, both of us, and we did not feel anything. We just had a little sore, like you do with the flu shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, we will have our second shot um, on the 18th. And we are encouraging people to take it. We have talked, our family, of course, because they've had it, they've all said, please, mom and grandma and all that. They wanted us to take it, and mm-hmm. we did. And so they're, we're all sold on it. And I'm encouraging. I will promote it now mm-hmm. because I think it's so important for us to at least take the shot. That I say it's a risk. Either way you go, if you don't take it or if you do. You right. know, if you think you can't, it won't help you when you're taking it, then but what happens if you don't take it and you get the virus? So I think we should. Thank you very much for that PSA. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your family. I know your husband. I mean, you guys have been pillars of the community forever, but tell us a little bit about him. Okay. How did you meet him? And, and that kind of well, Cornelius is from Muncie. Okay. And we met in, well, we met in middle school. Okay. And then we went to Ball State, and uh, we got married while I was at Ball State. Okay. <laughs> My mom did not want us to get married, of course, because I was a sophomore, and, and, but we got married, and uh, he um, had to drop out, of course, because his mother's and father wouldn't support us and they wouldn't but we made it and we kept saying you know we feel like we we were christians and we didn't feel like you're not going to have sex outside of marriage and he wanted a wife and all those other things so we got married and we've been married now for 58 years okay. and it's been a good good life we had three children uh, two daughters and a son our son passed away in 2017 from cancer we've had a good life it's been a good life we're so thankful that we've been on the side that you can help give rather than to always receive and we have seven grandchildren and we have five great grandchildren now so we have a wonderful family they uh, live all over of course some are in Lawrence in in Indianapolis area and some are in Texas and some are just all over but we get together often as we can zoom <laughs> Everyone has learned how to Zoom. Which yes. <laughs> you would not have thought that all of our grandparents would have been figuring and, out Zoom and FaceTime and things like that. And I've learned to text because they didn't like that emailing. Mm-hmm. But they said, if you want to talk to us, you better text so you can do it fast. And so I'm learning a lot because of it. Okay. Well, that's cool. So you do, I know you guys are, you guys are so involved in the community and you give back so much. But what do you guys, what do you like to do for fun? Well, Cornelius loves fishing. Okay. And when we could, I did fish with him. But I love to read, and I enjoy reading. And I do sit with him to listen to football. (laughs) 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 And I know when they're having touchdowns and things like that, but um, I just sit with him more than to watch the football. Now, Motivator Minds was a major accomplishment for you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
What what are some of the other things that you're very proud of over the over the past years you've been involved in? Things in the community, of course. When we were about to retire from Motivate Our Minds to um, turn it over to Monique and others there, uh, we got a call from a parent in the community and at our neighborhood association and said, please, would you help us with the Beulah Center, which they closed at Christmas time? And we said, we really can't, you know, we, we're tired and we need a break. And But we got a phone call from someone in California who was from Muncie, Henry Fuse, and he said he couldn't believe that we were letting the Beulah Center stay closed. And so that was a challenge for us. I thought, well, we'll do what we can. We knew we could bring the people together. And that's been our strength, is to be able to get to know people in the community, to get to find ways to connect with whomever. And so that was the biggest accomplishment for After Motivate Our Minds. And we're so thankful that we were able to do that. Um, And now it's going well, and we continue to support the um, Boys and Girls Club that is over that now. And um, it's just basically with children, that is my, um, I feel that's what God called me to do. That's the purpose in life for me to help children. And so that's what I had basically do as much as I possibly can. So what is something you wish you had known when you were first starting out? Something you would tell young young I, professionals. I really wish that I had known when we started Motivate Our Mind that you needed to have a plan. I wish that I uh, had business experience. And I wish that my writing skills were uh, for grant writing. And those kinds of things that you really need in a business, mm-hmm. I wish I had had those. But because I was determined to do those things, I was able to meet people that helped me and uh, still do. I don't still don't write grants, but I still choose people to help me to get whatever. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to know how to do everything. No, but you know don't. Know the people who know how to do those things. You and do. because of that, developing those relationships, I became I got a lot of friends, and a lot of them that I think are just you know we're really I've gone to their children's graduations, I've gone to their weddings, and I've gone to their funerals and all the other things. So it's been a, a great experience with us getting to know people in the community. I know so many people in the community. And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. Number one question, who's your favorite band or artist? I don't have a favorite. I like so many of them. And the orchestra, uh, I really do support the orchestra here in Muncie. And I love the music. And um, I don't have a person or anyone that I'm really, except I love um, Charles, the blind. uh, Ray Charles. Ray Charles. I love his music and seeing him. I love that. All right. Are you an early bird or a night owl? You know, I'm a both. Okay. Um, I get up early, but I stay up late simply because I can take a nap in the afternoon if I feel the need. But I love, we stay up till about 10, 30, 11, and then we're up. We wake up about 6 or 6.30 and get up. The reason I get up so early is I really um, get a chance to be by myself. I get to do devotions, read and pray and all by myself. And then um, that's why I like to get up early. What's your favorite book? The um, Giving Tree. Okay. Do you know that book? I do, yeah. yeah I I've love read it The to, Giving Tree. To Zuzu, yeah. And I always did a lot of things with that in school, mm-hmm. helping kids to understand that it's important to give. Well, I say, you've probably read that to quite a few kids, haven't you? I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever met anyone famous? I've been able to meet a lot of people that are, well, for instance, President, I mean, Vice President Pence. Mm-hmm. We were good friends when he was in Muncie, and then um, we got to know him well when he became 
famous, and okay. he is famous now. So that's probably the most famous person I've met. That's pretty famous, I'd say. Back in the 90s, I used to work at a little radio station, and it was an AM radio station. He was on the air. He had a show uh, in the mornings there, the Mike mm-hmm. Pence show. Never met him, Marie. <laughs> right. <laughs> He invited us to Washington for the breakfast that they had, and um, we got really close to uh, President Obama, but we didn't meet him. Oh, okay. What's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> you know, I'm diabetic, but I love food, and uh, but I have to be very, very careful. And um, I tend to want sweet sometimes, but I don't. Uh, but that's what you know, I want. And the doctor told me, Mary, don't deny yourself everything. And so he said, just get a little bite. So Cornelius, when we eat out or whatever, or even if I bake something, I'll just take a bite and I feel satisfied. There you go. Moderation. What's your favorite movie? I don't really watch movies, but um, I did really enjoy the one, The Prayer Room. Are you familiar? War Room? Uh, oh, the War Room. War yes. Room. Yes. Okay. I went <laughs> several times to see that, and uh, it was just very meaningful for me, and that I enjoyed. What's your hidden talent? Something hidden you're good talent. at that people might not know. Cooking. Okay. I love to bake mm-hmm. and cook, and some people do know that because I share it, and especially since I can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite thing to bake or make? I really like to make cakes and cookies. And I do a lot uh, with like dump takes easy, whatever is easy. So I do a lot of baking and give it away, especially when they were having funerals. I would, you know, Mm -hmm. bake and give it away. I bet all those grandkids love it, too. They do. (laughs) They do love it. I made a lot of cookies for Christmas and I didn't get to see them. And uh, they're in the freezer. (laughs) <laughs> so hopefully they'll get some of them. Do you sing in the shower? No, I don't sing in the shower, but I do sing in the morning by myself sometimes. Okay. You know, I might just start singing. And it, it, singing is, I love music, and I love some of the songs that uh, I know, and I do sing. Okay. Do you sing in the car? In the car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sing to children. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, they don't care about my voice or whatever. And uh, I do a lot with music with the children. Okay. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? You know, Cornelius loves them, but I don't. (laughs) Either one. I really don't. I don't. I don't blame you. I don't like them either. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) What's your most used emoji on your phone? My most what? Emoji? Like smiley faces? Or do you You know, I just learned about that (laughs) recently, and I kept. The kids were sending all these things, and I thought, well, now, what is this? And I hate to ask some things. And so I just do smiley faces is about all I do with it. Oh, I think smiley faces. I finally learned how to go to them and pick them out, but I don't. And I don't understand a lot of the abbreviations yet, you know, that these young people do. Oh, my goodness. I don't get I saw something the other day. I was like, I feel like I'm 100 years old. I don't know what this abbreviation means. That's what I feel. And, you know, and I sent something back to someone in Marion the other day, and I said, I'm sorry, I just don't quite understand <laughs> what you were saying. Can you speak English, please? I don't know what these abbreviations mean. <laughs> you young people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate you coming in. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity, and thank you all for what you're doing. I think it's a good way for us to get to know people in the community, to learn about them that we didn't know. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Bye. We had another wreck. 
We did, yes. Actually, it was in front of my parents' house this time, whereas if you remember, we had a wreck in front of our house in the summer. Yeah, not even six months ago. And it took out a pole yep. in front of our house. It took out two poles in front of our house. <laughs> two poles in front of our house. Now, my parents, one pole was taken out, but it was a very important pole because it was the internet pool. We say it was at your mom and dad's house. It sounds like that's like super far away. It's right down the road from our house. <laughs> exactly. I can almost see in their windows when almost. I look across the farm field. Not quite, but almost. So yes, apparently there was some kid driving too fast because everyone drives too fast on our road. And there's a section in between our house and my parents' house that always gets uh, drifted over. Oh, and yeah. it's very icy. And I think this, this kid hit that... I icy think, spot. I think he did. And just, my dad thinks he went airborne. After he took out the pole, he went airborne and it twisted the car around so that his back end hit a tree in and, the yard. And he walked away from it. Oh, like, yeah. My, like, cut some bruises, I think. Anyway, that has been the most action that farmland has seen since the last time somebody took out a pole <laughs> on our road. <laughs> so I woke up to the sound of the internet uh, trying to connect. Uh, we have an Alexa. So I was laying there for just a little while longer, and then I start to hear the sirens. Yeah, I heard and the I'm sirens like, too, and I was like, hmm, what's going on? So I get up, <laughs> I, I go outside, I see this car in the field down by my parents' house, and at least uh, by that time was was three emergency vehicles pulling up to the scene. Yeah, in farmland, and maybe, I think it's probably this way in every small town, like if something happens, everybody from every department is going to show up. Like, <laughs> we had like eight cars down there, I think. <laughs> Exactly. So I got on the phone, called my mom, and I'm like, hey, what happened? She told me some kid had taken out the pole and was uh, turned around in the yard. And I was like, oh, okay. So it wasn't you guys. You guys are okay. Yes. So then I said, well, you get back to it. So apparently all these emergency services people had to come into the house. Now tell, <laughs> tell them why. Well, the guy, the, yes. the person who was driving, he got out of the car and your dad came and like talked to him and figured out what was going on. And he was like, I need to use your restroom. I need to use your, I'm like, how do we say this? <laughs> I need to use your restroom. And of course, your parents being the hospitable people that they are, they were they like, come on in, go to my bathroom. Now, if I were doing this, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to sit on the curb. So all these emergency personnel people show up and they're like, where's the, where's the guy? He's in the bathroom. Okay, so they have to all come into the house with a gurney. The whole deal. They won't They won't walk him out because he's been in this accident. They get him out of the restroom. They put him on the gurney. They wheel him out. And he's off and running to the, uh, to the hospital yeah. to be checked out. Yeah. Well, and I just think that's so funny because that's the most excitement that your so, parents have seen. <laughs> so my mom is telling me the story. And she's so mad because all these emergency services people were in her living room and, and uh, dining room getting slushy snow and mud all over the place. She had to mop it all up. Oh, I imagine. So thanks to Frontier Internet getting our internet back on because we were able to watch the Dairy Girls. That's true. That is my favorite show right now. It's my favorite. It's so dirty. So if you don't like dirty shows, don't watch it. And you also have to watch it in subtitles because they're Irish and you have no idea what they're actually saying. Oh my God. It's so hard. They're speaking English, but I can't, even with the subtitles, I'm like, is that what they just said? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah. But that's our recommendation right now. Netflix recommendation. Watch the Dairy Girls. It's about 90s girls growing up, uh, yeah, like being teenagers. In coming the 90s. of age in the 90s in a Catholic school or whatever. So, so fun. Good. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K, or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone boss.